All righty, everybody. Good morning, Guru and Wiz Fantasy Football Podcast. As uh, we have been moseying our way through each and every team, I hope everybody's been listening. Uh, Wiz, I'm very much looking forward to getting started on the NFC North. Yeah, looking forward to it as well. Uh, and drafts are coming up on us. I have uh, two drafts in uh, four weeks, <laughs> so... You know, talking about it, it'll be here in a couple of months, two months. I mean, it's, it's really getting upon us. So hopefully dates, uh, all the leagues are, are being sorted out and, uh, and, and preparation. I know I'm raring and ready to go and prepared. And I hope the people who have been dedicated to listening to these podcasts are as well. And I, I think I think they should be. And uh, we're going to get to the NFC North. And uh, we're going to start with the Chicago Bears, right? And um, so I look at Justin Fields. Um, And I think there's an opportunity where for Justin Fields, I think a little bit of the shine has worn off uh, based on what happened last year. But I think in his second year um, and with a new regime, uh, coaching staff and all of that, uh, I like Justin Fields. I wouldn't draft him or be comfortable with him drafting him where he's my number one quarterback leaving a draft, but I really like him drafting as my quarterback too, where I get that upside. And if he starts running and doing his Lamar Jackson impersonation, um, it could be real value having him as your second quarterback, especially if you pair him up a little bit more of a steady guy um, that you could rely on. So I like Justin Fields. He hasn't reached quarterback one status for me, but he's he's getting close. And that running back, uh, the rushing and running upside is intriguing to me. Your thoughts? Yeah, I, I think your assessment is bang on. Uh, can we develop where a situation where 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 Justin Fields uh, is similar to someone like Jalen Hurts? I think there's a possibility of that. I don't think they have as much offensive talent uh, around them as as the Eagles do. Um, and, and, you know, this is a situation where Matt Everfluss has taken over uh, as a head coach. He's a defensive guy coming in from the Colts. But Luke Gresty, uh, who spent uh, the last few years with the Green Bay Packers, he is going to be the offensive coordinator here and responsible for rectifying an offense, which Matt Nagy basically dug, dug a hole and buried it in the ground. Uh, this is a bottom 10 offense the last three years. Um, so I, I'm, I'm expecting improvement, uh, I think, I think some of the indictment on Justin Fields' performance is, is, is on Matt Nagy, and, you know, he knew he was a dead man walking last year. So I'm willing to give him an opportunity as a quarterback, too. Uh, as you mentioned, Fields has the running ability, over 400 yards rushing, four touchdowns last year. Super inconsistent, though, as a passer was. Um, you know, it's funny. I think he was like a perpetual fade for me in prop bets where, for some reason, they wanted to put him over 200 yards passing a game. And, you know, he only ended up averaging 180. So, um, but he did run the ball a fair bit, especially in those last five, six starts. I think he averaged something like 40, 40 yards uh, a game in rushing. And uh, so for that reason, yeah, as a quarterback, too, I have no problem with that, Wiz. I should, I should mention, Wiz, though, this is a horrendous offensive line. Probably, yeah, we're gonna get to that with the running back situation with David Montgomery. I think David Montgomery really could be, I don't know, I guess really running back one if they had the Eagles offensive line or the Colts offensive line. But I think David Montgomery is a rock solid running back too. He missed a handful of games last year, but I think you know, 
rushing for a thousand yards and catching 50 balls, 60 balls, um, is certainly in his range of outcomes. I have him as a rock solid number two. The offensive line is what's preventing him from, you know, being moved up, especially, uh, you know, when you look at some of these other players who really are playing on teams with better offensive lines, um, and a better offense in general. So Montgomery is a rock solid too. And Khalil Herbert is, is a good player in his own right, and he is the clear handcuff. So some of these teams, it gets a little cloudy with if the, if the number one guy gets hurt, who would it be? And sometimes nobody behind the number one guy on the depth chart really has value because they two or three guys cancel each other out. This is not that one of those situations. Khalil Herbert is a good player who would be um, a top – 20 running back himself if something was to happen to Montgomery. So Montgomery running back two, Khalil Herbert, clear handcuff and a good player in his own right. That's how I see it. How do you view it? Yeah, and you know, last year when, when Montgomery did go down, uh, Herbert was extremely productive in four games for, for uh, the Bears. And actually, uh, yards per carry for Herbert were actually a little bit more on the season than, than Montgomery. So I'm fully confident that Darrington Evans is also in this running back room. He's not very good. He didn't do anything with the Titans the last couple of years. Um, is it a situation, perhaps, where better play from... Justin Fields alleviate alleviates some of the pressure that teams would put on defensively and kind of clogging the box. You know that that potentially. So what I would say is Justin Fields being more successful as a passing quarterback could work very uh, in a very beneficial manner uh, to to uh, to uh, Montgomery. But yeah, at this point in time, because of the line in the current situation, number two running back, uh, I would agree with you, Wiz. Yeah, and um, kind of same situation with Donnell Mooney where. Um, if it was more of a prolific offense and a better offensive line that would be able to give Fields a clean pocket and, and be able to work some play-action plays. And if you were confident in that, Donnell Mooney <clears throat> would move up on my rankings. But from from where he is, I don't know. I think I kind of have him um, with, with, with Robinson leaving um, – there really feels like he is going to get uh, a you know a lot of targets. I think he had 140 targets last year, um, which is a lot. So with the volume, with the improvement of Justin Fields, I like Donnell Mooney. I kind of have him right around the cusp of wide receiver two, somewhere maybe in that 25 to 30 range. Could he move up? Yes, he definitely could move up, but uh, I feel that's about right for him. Ranking him right in that spot, at least for me, seems about right. Um, Nikhil Harry comes over from the Patriots and, and Pringle as well, but just considering the offensive line, um, it's it's tough to find really anyone else besides Mooney as anyone I would feel comfortable drafting as a fantasy football starter. So I have Mooney right around wide receiver two and nobody else I would draft, you feel differently. Yeah, so it's interesting. Mooney did manage to have a 1,000-yard season last year. It's funny going back to Fields. Um, amongst starting quarterbacks, he was seventh in the NFL in 11.8 yards per completion. So a strong-arm quarterback gets the ball down the field. That kind of fits for Mooney. 
Uh, maybe more consistency ele- elevates Mooney's performance where, you know, you can see a 12 or 1300 season. He was in the low thousands, but, you know, very productive player. And as you mentioned, 140 targets. Seems like a lot of guys here, Wiz, looking for second chances in the rest of the receiving core, right? Equinemius St. Brown is on this uh, is on this uh, wide receiving core as well. Uh, you mentioned uh, Nikhil Harry, Tajay Sharp, Dante Pettis is just a whole bunch of guys looking for second chances. Pringle's probably the, the best one of the bunch. One guy that has generated some noise from some of the beat writers with the guy they drafted this year, Velas Jones. Um, you know, again, it's important to kind of listen to the beat writers. Wiz and I have talked about that, and, and there's, there's a few players that are starting to gain some attention on that. We've mentioned a few of them, uh, but Velas Jones was one of those guys, at least early on in camp, who was starting to catch some eyes of some of the beat writers. Maybe he makes an impression uh, for the Bears sometime this year as a fantasy producer. Yeah, uh, I mean, you know, it's just difficult for you know rookie receiver um, with a poor offensive line and then it's clear pecking water but i could see him having some games it'll just be too difficult to try and figure out which one of those games are um or when they're going to be but uh interesting and i'm expecting improvement from the bears offense in general which uh reads the cole Komet, who is in his block of tight ends that i've been talking about all summer uh that are interesting um and with an improved offense and improved coaching staff um as far as pass catches go he is clearly in my view the second best option and i think justin feels likes throwing the ball to the tight end and it could be a dynamic red zone threat so i'm keeping my eye on cole commit he's one of these guys that i you know that i talk about where you kind of like drafting him as your second tight end and has that upside and you could see how it plays out so i don't have commit inside my top 12 but in, in a league where you have deep rosters or leagues that you do draft two tight ends, I don't mind Cole Komet as my second tight end to kind of take the wait-and-see approach and see if that upside is there this year. Yeah, no doubt. And 60 balls caught last year. No touchdowns, uh, but 60 balls is a lot, and no Jimmy Graham is around, right? And behind him, I think the other guy here is, if I'm not mistaken, O'Shaughnessy and Ryan Griffin. Ryan Griffin was with the Jets for a little bit last year. O'Shaughnessy was on Jacksonville. But there is a path for production from, from Komet. Uh, Moore is a number two, but, you know, would you be astonished if, if Cole Komet had 70 catches and four or five touchdowns? I, I would not. Yeah, exactly. I mean, I think, you know, you want to – he's a, he's an interesting guy, and you, would, you know, I would have no problem drafting him as my second tight end. And when you get to the special teams, um, the monsters of the midway, Oof. I would say those are, days are long gone. <laughs> um uh, I mean, if you want to stream the Bears on a day where they're playing at home and its winds are 40 below and they have a great matchup, have at it. But as far as in a week out, week in, week out basis, I'm going to pass on the Chicago Bears and Cairo Santos as well. No interest in either. How no, no interest. Cairo Santos has a puny leg. Uh, he's accurate, <laughs> but, but puny. And the Bears, like you just mentioned, uh, it's going to take a... a a wintry day, uh, you know, outside in in one of these places for me to even entertain that at this point. Look, this is a franchise whiz that just got decimated by two bad moves, right? They moved up to draft Trubisky. They moved up to, uh, they made that big trade with Cleo Mack. And this franchise has felt the fallout of that the last few years. So uh, the Bears are a tricky one from from a fantasy perspective, but a few little options uh, that we did mention. But uh, 
Yeah, that's that's about it. Uh, I, I wish Matt Aberflus, Matt Aberflus uh, lots of luck because, uh, again, the guy before, Matt Nagy, was a guy we were extremely critical of, and he really put this franchise in a bad spot. Well said, and uh, launch the Lions. Oh, yeah, Detroit Lions. Uh, that's the next one. Uh, very interested to hear your opinions on this one. Uh, I have many. Uh, it's a team that you and I, I know, both felt like uh, were real fighters uh, all season long, and we'll get to that next. Guru and Wiz Fantasy Football Podcast. We're on Apple Podcasts, SoundCloud, and Spotify. Make sure you're subscribing, and we'll talk to you in a bit about the Lions.